Jack and hookers. No, I just want vanilla ice cream. Good evening, everyone. This is a special production of the South Fury Watch podcast. We're broadcasting today from a secret location to bring you this exclusive interview with the rebel leader, Bolas, <laughs> previously of the Volcar Legion. Bolas, how you doing? Uh, pretty good. It's a uh, surprise you get out of here without dying. Well, you know, us goblins, we, we can be pretty sneaky. You know? <laughs> I know all the back alleys. So, first of all, I have to ask this because I've always wondered. Yeah. Where does the name Bolas even come from? And oh. why don't you change your name to John Mock or Yacht Mock? I knew this was going to be asked. Um, well, the short and sweet of it is that uh, I used to tell everybody that it meant bullseye, but it doesn't, and I don't know where it came from. I think it came from a name randomizer a really long time ago, and I just kind of stuck with it ever since. It's kind of like my moniker, my alias. Which, okay. uh, it's gotten me a lot of trouble going from Moonguard to Vermist Accord, but it's whatever. It's kind of a little too late to change it. So was your character named Bolas on Moonguard, or no? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. And how long ago did you switch from Moonguard to Wormrest? Um, it's a good question. I think it was like four years ago, maybe five at this point. It was so kind of like a... Like... Well, it was like, I came here back in like 2014, 2015. I played for a little bit and then I went back and then I came right back to Wormus for, for good. Okay. I came as a orc and I was a part of, uh, I think it was Sons of Doomhammer for about a month or two. And then I was like, I'm going to try Moonguard again. And uh, it didn't work out. Gotcha. Okay. So, main reason that, you know, I, I'd ask you about Moonguard, but I'm pretty sure I know the answer, so <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll skip that. Yeah. Um, so, Volcar, you know, ma- main event that we've got you for tonight, Volcar has been hit with a change. A lot of stuff is going down. Tell us what happened. So, um, you want me to, like, I guess I'll start from, like, the very beginning. So, great Battle for Azeroth. Um well, I was really hyped for it, and uh, I was super into it, and I had all these plans. Uh, and, uh, you know, long story short, we got to the pre-patch, and uh, we all had our theories about what was going to happen to Teldrassil, and then bada-bing, bada-boom, Sylvanas burns it, and, you know, we're all broadsided like, oh, what do we, what do, we do? And uh, at first, my policy was just kind of like... Uh, uh, just smile and act like everything's fine. And, yep. uh, that didn't work at all. Really. I don't think it ever really worked because we always had problems and people that were upset with, the uh, what was done in character. Of course, there never was any type of out of character, like bad blood. It was just, uh, everybody was confused. And, uh, because of this, before the expansion even launched, there was just a lot of like confliction and people talking about, well, I mean, we can't stand we can't stand beside Sylvanas, and uh, I made this plan all the way back. I want to say, at least like uh, December twenty eighteen. That was before. Uh, 
was before a lot of things. Well, let's just say I made this plan a really long time ago. And I was like, well, if it comes down to this and there is going to be a siege 2.0 where there's another rebellion and we have to overthrow the war chief and whatnot. And, uh, I, I was just going to, um, have the Volcar split away from the horde and not take a part in the rebellion, which, uh, it led to, uh, quite a varied reaction. I kept this plan as secret as possible. Not even a lot of officers knew this. Only my Kojium knew the specifics of this plan. And um, a common complaint that I've heard, just kind of as a tangent, but it relates, a common complaint that I've heard from my members and a lot of people on Wormrest Accord recently is that uh, roleplay doesn't feel like it used to. Sort of like uh, roleplay doesn't feel as organic anymore. People always, and I'm sure you've been told, or I'm sure you remember, you know, like back in Cataclysm, people would like, there'd be world PvP or something, right? And they'd be fighting, we're yeah. like a tower or something, like some guy pisses off another guy. And he's like, well, sure. I'm going to try and camp him. And then, like on Emerald Dream or Moonguard, and then eventually that tower becomes like a battlefield, and people are out right. there role-playing. And I always, try, I always try and make that happen, but it never really happened. And so... uh this event, I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to tell anybody anything. And uh, I'm going to make it a big surprise. And I'm just going to go from there. And, gotta change the rules a little bit, right? Yeah. And, uh, wow, in the last, like, 24 hours, it spawned so many different things that I never anticipated would happen. Like, well, firstly... <clears throat> Yanmok, my character, he's not, he doesn't respect Sarfang. He, um, unlike Vol'jin, he doesn't see Sarfang as the, uh, an actual leader to rally behind. Because when it came to Vol'jin and his rebellion, Vol'jin did so much as, um, Vol'jin went the extra mile, really. Like, he was willing to sacrifice himself for people that he had never met or cared about before. Like the, the Battle of the 33 in uh, Kunlai, or uh, the human ranger that he ended up becoming, not best friends, but let's say uh, suicide brothers with Tyrathian Court. Yeah. Vol'jin went the extra mile. Whereas Sarfang, um, I mean, as cool as the cinematics were, and I will say that, I mean, those cinematics really did hype me up, and I love the character Sarfang. From a like a fundamental serious level, it just it would really piss off kind of like the common person of the horde, if you think about it. Like, you know, all this big stuff is happening, you know, the burning of Tildrasil, and looks like the horde's going on another genocidal war path. And of course there's rumors. And you know, Blizzard said they have the unreliable narrator, so we don't actually know what's real or what's not, but then there's the the Brennadam thing in Stormsong Valley where there was that one commander who, you know, told his raiders, you know, kill women and children, etc. Yeah. And if you're just a common person in the horde, you're like, well, shit, somebody's got to stand up to Sylvanas and say, you can't do that. And Sarfang's not doing that. Sarfang left. Sarf well, first off, Sarfang wanted to die, which is kind of honorable in its own way. And I guess I'll get back to that whole honor thing. But, uh, after that, he was captured, and he was content to just sit in the prison 
And then even after he was let out, he said he was going to start a rebellion. And sure enough, he is, but not in any way, shape, or form that Fulgin did. He's doing it completely in the shadows, not telling anybody, and sort of like uh, going behind people's backs and just not inspiring any type of hope or, you know, being that stalwart defender to rally behind. Have we had any update on what Sarfang's been up to since that quest with um, the Zappy guy? Um, I don't think... Well, uh, actually, as of this patch, there was with uh, Breaking Out Bane. But, beside, but like Sarfang himself, all we know is that he was in the Swamp of Sorrows. And it was heavily implied that he had some type of alliance connections, or at least the SI-7 was uh, monitoring him on behalf of Anduin. Okay. So, help me out a little bit here, because I was a dirty loyalist when that quest came around, and I told Zakan, or whatever his name is, that I had no interest in helping Sarfang, and I went back and reported to Sylvanas or whatever. So what happens if you go with the, the troll guy. Gotcha. Well, uh, it's been a while, so the details are a little muddy, but you do go with Zakan and uh, you go into Swamp of Sorrows and uh, you go behind that one Dark Ranger's back. I think her name is Liana or Lysana, something like that. It was very familiar to a Game of Thrones character, go figure. But uh, yeah. you go to this hut in Swamp of Sorrows and there's just kind of Sarfang, kind of like Shrek. And, uh, the hut, the hut was very HD, and uh, the one thing I was more angry about than anything was the fact that they put that hut there, and uh, we don't have any type of huts like that in any other place in the old world, like really HD models and whatnot. And, you know, of course, I'm a filthy role player. I really wish that there was just empty places, empty high-resolution places that we could use, but uh, moving on... Uh, you talk to Sarfang for about half a second, and then here comes the Dark Ranger with about 60 Forsaken guys just out of the blue. Just a bunch of Death Guards that are like, all right, you're being arrested for treason. And uh, that's where it actually gets really muddy, because uh, at the beginning of the quest, Sylvanas says, you know, we want you to capture Sarfang. But the Dark Ranger actually says, uh, uh, well, I don't know the exact thing, but basically she was going to kill him for treason. And that's where uh, there's a lot of red flags kind of uh, from, from like lore, lore perspective. Because I I personally think she wanted to capture Sarfang, but perhaps maybe it was the unreliable narrator that wanted to kill Sarfang. Or maybe I'm overthinking it, and it was just, uh, well, he wasn't going to go, and uh, if he was going to fight and die, then he would. And, uh, you know, if you side with Sarfang, you fight all of the Dark... You fight the Dark Rangers and all the Death Guards with uh, Zakan, and it's like a 3v60, and somehow you come out on top. Uh, miraculously, because they weren't just any Death Guards. They were labeled Elite Death Guards. Oh, so, okay. So, and it's funny because then the quest goes on to explain that um, Sarfang tells Zakan, well, you need to go back and you need to pose as a loyalist for now because I need to go talk with some people. And Zakan's like, all right, 
but she's not going to believe that we got all of, we got out of this unscathed. So, Sarfang, in his instant, infinite wisdom, says that he's going to give you and Zakan a black eye, and uh, yeah, that, that's it. Like that'll convince her. <laughs> that you guys got beat up. Yeah. Then he punches you, and then you go back, and Sylvanas is like, "Let me get this straight." Those 60 people I sent, who were some of my finest soldiers, all died. No survivors. And all that happened to you... Was a black eye. Yeah. And Sarfang decided <laughs> not to kill you guys. And Zakan's like, yep. What do you got to do about it, bitch? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it just kind of ends there. But Sylvanas is very much in the know-how. She... Right. So, a couple things there. I mean, first of all, I guess Sylvanas could have said to the player character, go find him. I swear, I, you know, pinky, pinky promise I won't kill him. Meanwhile, to her dark rangers, she's just like, yeah, you're definitely killing him. You know, that could have happened. She's pretty manipulative. Yeah, that too. But has Blizzard specifically brought up this idea of a, um unreliable narrator? Yeah, they had a... um. I had a lore live stream a couple a couple months ago. It happened this year, and it was really controversial because they labeled it as a lore Q and A question and answer. And what actually happened was just uh, I forget their names and uh, kind of looked like an asshole saying that now because uh, uh, it was just two guys that sat there and they talked about how thankful they were for working at blizzard and all the hard work that it took. And it was just kind of like a, it was kind of like a, them telling them, them talking about their life story with only a little tidbits of information. Cause, uh, they were just talking at each other back and forth. Right. And it was just kind of idle conversation. And eventually one of them finally gets to the topic. If you could even, it, it, if you could even say it resembled a question, but he finally gets to the question, a question, and he just idly talks about uh, Sylvanas or something, and then they take it and they roll with it, and they talk about uh, the unreliable narrator. Like, uh, well, you don't actually know what happens because you're the player character versus your actual character or the regular person that's in Azeroth. Maybe okay. it's, it was kind of like a, maybe Thrall did kill Deathwing with the dragon soul. Or maybe the dragon soul just ripped out of Thrall's hands and killed Deathwing by itself. It's just like really small things like that that just kind of make me roll my eyes. Like, yeah, okay. Well, it's basically just saying like, you know, don't take anything that you see for granted because, you know, you're not sure if your eyes are tricking you or not, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that seems like something that like, you know, George R. R. Martin would say for his books, you know, like, which he can get away with because, you know, we're not those characters in the, in the POV or whatever. Right. But, and so it kind of sounds to me like those guys probably just, you know, read a song of ice and fire and said, Oh my God, that's such a great line. You know, unreliable narrator, you know, who knows what's going on. Right. So we can, we can just tell all of our players this and they'll just have to roll with it. Cause you know, it's, it's unreliable. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with that Brenna Dam thing. Like, oh, the Alliance saw this, but did the Horde really do it? We don't know. Right. Oh, that's that's ridiculous. And I've always been kind of like a Blizzard fanboy, and I and I will give them credit when they do make compelling storylines. It's great. 
because at the end of the day, we all love, even if it's cheesy or even if not all of it makes a hundred percent sense, we do love the Warcraft story, but yeah. sometimes it's just like a, uh, you know, come on guys. <laughs> like, uh, Grom at the end of Wad saying Draenor is free. Like, well, yeah. <laughs> or, uh, what was that one book Wolfheart where Varian was like, he was giving this, it, it was, it was Wolfheart very, uh, it was this big Alliance meeting about letting the Worgen into the Alliance officially. And they were, and it was like the final vote and every race gave their compelling arguments. They're like, well, the Worgen, you know, Gilnean are honorable. They're beset by enemies and I think they should join. And, you know, Varian steps up and he's like, when I was a young boy, I saw Gin and goes on this compelling story and at the end of it, he's just like, and I've always respected him. And that's why I will never let him in the Alliance. And it's just like some really stupid turn. It's like, okay. <laughs> but of course, they do end up joining. Yeah. Yeah, right. Go home. You're drunk, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know, it's funny. Wolfheart's the only WoW book I've, I've actually bought. Um, but I also didn't read it. I think I read like the first chapter and I was like, okay, you know, this is enough. Um, yeah, I've never read any of the WoW books, so I guess I can't really speak to those, but I kind of feel like I shouldn't have to read them. You know, I'm kind of in that camp. Mm -hmm. Oh, you mean but... like in the game, you don't have, you don't want to read it or rather you shouldn't have to read the books to understand the story. Exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. I agree with so, that to some extent. Yeah. I mean, it's good to have like some extra context, I guess, but right. the just the gist of it should be in the game so that the common player who you know doesn't give a shit about the lore can at least understand what's going on you know right and that's actually perfect for the whole sarfang thing because of a good war and uh, elegy yeah right you don't really need to know anything you can you can read those if you want but you don't have to right and that kind of that kind of just to piggyback on that i won't talk very long about it but that it's, it's a horse that's just been beaten to death several times but the whole burning of Teldrassil thing would not have happened if Sarfang just manned up and played his part in a good war. Cause there's just, there's several pages of him talking about how, well, war is horrible and what war brings is catastrophic and it's evil. But he did know that despite all, despite everything, the horde doing what it was doing in Ashenvale and occupying Teldrassil was honorable and it was going to be a good war. And he also acknowledges that he would have to kill somebody that he saw as a friend a long time ago, AKA Malfurion. And he was trying to come to grips with doing that. And, um, you know, we all know that he doesn't kill Malfurion and then all the stuff that's happened now has happened, but it's just those moments in, you know, writing like that, that needs to be put in the game. Like some, even like small, small, like what's the word I'm turning stupid dialogue. Yeah. Small dialogue where Sarfang just kind of like rambles on about it for a little bit. So PVE and PVP characters can just be like, okay, cool. And like sprint off, but people not necessarily role players, but just people that enjoy the game in general can sit there and listen to it if they want to. Yeah. 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 Like the people who are using like Azeroth autopilot or something, it's like, Oh, you completed the quest. You can go now. Whereas yeah. everybody else, like, yeah, you can listen to the voice acting or read the dialogue. I'm kind of one of those players. That's why I like to quest alone because you know, you you miss a lot of the stuff if you're not reading anything or if people are urging you on. 
Right. So I'm def I'm definitely one of those like kind of casual Blizzard lore fans who likes most of this stuff, but I'm not into it enough to read all the books. You know what I mean? Gotcha. But anyways, yeah, let's let's circle this one back to the Legion, if you don't mind. No problem. Um, <laughs> I, I'm glad that we got on the the tangent there. Sorry. <laughs> I, no, it, it's all good. So was there anything else? I mean, so the Legion split. Right. And. Is anybody dead yet? Um, so I guess I could uh, just paint the picture for everybody. Um, mm. So Nazjatar, um, I'll preface by saying the Volcar does kind of get, does kind of tread the line when it comes to its storylines. You know, they are, or were, I guess is a better way of saying it. Uh, they were a special forces military guild, kind of a replacement to the Corcoran. So, they're not on levels of the player character, but they're a couple notches below that. They experience things, they do things that most people's characters in uh, role-playing realms probably wouldn't ever do. And they're in Nazjatar, and uh, even if you weren't, even if you, even if you said you were in Nazjatar and you weren't stationed in New Home, it's pretty obvious that uh, everybody heard Lorthamar him blathering on because Lorthamar's got a big mouth anyways, but him blathering on about how, you know, Sylvanas is evil, Grey Banshee bad, and all that other stuff. And, um, you know, eventually that rumor would spread to the soldiers. And of course that rumor also spread to the Volcar and that was just kind of fueled to the already burning fire. And, uh, when we said Azara died with, uh, the mythic, world first kill which is kind of it's, it's kind of like up in the air for a lot of guilds but that just felt right for us sometimes we do like oh when the last lfr wings open that's when they're dead or sometimes we've done like day one if it's dead on normal or heroic then it's dead but we decided uh, mythic world first kill so then uh, volcar was told all right she's dead the naga are very fanatical and they will fight to the very last so while we pull out some soldiers to go back home, you guys are going to be one of the last to leave. So we stayed there, wrapped up a bunch of storylines, and eventually we went home. As they entered Orgrimmar, uh, all the soldiers were told to decompress and relax because there would be a promotion ceremony later that night, uh, close to the Echo Isles. Which was a little odd, but it wasn't completely uh, out of the question because sometimes they do go to... Uh, I wouldn't say uh, scenic places because Duratar, as much as I love it, is... Uh, <laughs> it's a desert, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, they go there. And I really don't like... I really don't like glorifying my character, especially as a guild master, because I always feel like it sends off the... Or, or using my character's pedestal. I feel like it sends off the wrong, wrong message. But for this event, it just... It's what fit. So he walks out and... Uh, paraphrasing of course he walks out and you know he's got all of his medals from throughout the years all of his ceremonial regalia and every of course everybody that shows up is in somewhat shape or form in the same stuff and uh, he's got a new medal that's on there and it looks like it came from high command and uh, you know like a forsaken medal or some type of uh I don't know, some type of distinguished yeah. service medal. It's, oh, whoops, sorry. It's a Forsaken Medal. A skull or some shit, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, he's got a box, and it's pretty obvious that it's a bunch of medals for some select soldiers. And uh, 
He just stands there for a second, and instead of opening it, he just drops the box, and all the metal spill out. And people are like, okay, what's going on? And then slowly, one by one, he takes off all the metals. He doesn't toss them, but he just kind of like lets them fall to the ground. And that's when people start to get the idea, and that's where people were uh, really starting to get excited because they thought, oh, we're going to join Sarfang. And then, you know, he takes off uh, Sylvanas' middle, and then he takes off his tabard, which has his rank and everything, and he folds it up and he th- lets it fall to the ground. And he's, and you know, uh, without getting super nerdy or super into detail, uh, he talks about how he can't be their high warlord, high warlord anymore. And that's mainly because the horde that he knows and love, loves is dead. And it has been dead for a very long time. He even said that uh, despite his love for Vol'jin, when he became war chief, he knew that the horde that he knew and loved would never come back. And it was a constant cycle of death, hatred, anguish. And at some point, Yanmok rambled on about how how many people he's met he'll never meet again, how many people he's sent off to die, and that he'll never be able to live a normal life because of the service he's done to the Horde. He goes on to say that he won't stand by the War Chief. He won't stand by Sylvanas. And then he also says that he won't stand by Sarfang because he doesn't believe in either of them. He doesn't believe that either of them will bring back the Horde that he sees. Uh, but that doesn't mean that... That also doesn't mean that he's going to go off and start his own faction and try and like do Horde 2 with Blackjack and Hookers. Uh, what, <laughs> <laughs> what, what he does is... Um, uh, he says that it doesn't matter what anybody... It, it doesn't matter what you choose, what your choice is your own, but what Yanmok will do... Well, he doesn't speak in the third person, but what <laughs> what he will do right. is uh, he's going to retreat into the wilds. He's going to protect the settlements of the Horde from anything, be it dark rangers that are exerting themselves over the villagers, like on the crossroads or on uh, Camp Mojave, uh, not Mojave, Mojache, in, sure. and uh, or Sarfang looters, because... Uh, we like to put a little bit, we like to put a teeny tiny dosage of realism into our role play. Not too much, but a little drop. And we right. all know that if Sarfang does start a full blown rebellion, how are you going to man an army? You know, how are you going to feed, supply an army? And, you know, the Horde, of course, they don't have a bunch of organization. The Horde has always been ragtag, but they're still going to yeah. need like food, housing, etc. And, you know, these villagers out in the middle of nowhere won't always come out and support whoever's just showing up and saying, Oh, I fight for honor. So, uh, so Yanmok will protect the settlements from dark rangers and, uh, Sarfang leaders. And he'll also fight any Alliance that dares try and meddle in the, in, in, and just try and capitalize on all of this. And this was, uh, this was met with some pretty wild reactions. If I say so myself. Yeah. Cause, uh, as I said, I planned this a long time ago, but this was a uh, plan Z emergency. Like I went through plan A through uh, X before. X. Yeah, I would say, right. <laughs> oops, <laughs> I don't know my ABC. Uh, That's I went, okay. I went through plan A through X before anything else. And uh, 
but but despite planning it and, and being like, okay, that's a last ditch effort, I still didn't expect all the stuff that happened. Uh, for right. one, so my philosophy was, uh, if the Volcar decided to to side with one over the other, uh, I would ostracize and piss off half of my guild, and that'd be terrible. Sure. So I was like, well, if I did this, I'd ostracize nobody but I'd piss everybody off <laughs> right. equally. And uh, for starters, I did not expect all the people that said that they would remain loyal to Sylvanas. That kind of blew me away. I was like, whoa, because I've always kind of like, I, I've had a love hate relationship with Sylvanas on an OOC level, kind of like as a writing standpoint, because mm-hmm. some of the stuff she does makes sense. And while others are just like, wow, just that's just literally blatantly evil. Yeah. Right. But I was just, I was like, whoa, at all the people that decided to remain loyal. I wasn't surprised at the amount of people that went with Sarfang, but I was surprised at the amount of people that uh, disapproved of Yanmok's choice. But, uh, however, at the end of the day, I was incredibly happy at the amount of choice that everybody was given. And, uh, all the pathways that have opened up now. There's several different groups. There isn't like a three, three group thing. It's like Sarfang, Sylvanas, and or or your Yanmuk. It's more like a, you can go Sarfang or Sylvanas. And then if you go Sylvanas, it, it's not organized into like a hierarchical chart or anything. It's just a if you go Sylvanas, you say okay, well you're a loyalist. Well, are you like true Sylvanas loyalist? You're gonna stay with the Horde military. You're gonna report everybody is treasonous. Or are you going to go like, uh, like there's the whole group of elves in the Volcar. They call themselves the Elf Car. And uh, it's not like a clique or anything. It's just some stupid name. And uh, sure, they, yeah. they, they were like, um, most of the members in the air quotations Elf Car decided to go to Quothalos, which was uh, pretty interesting to see because we had been to Quothalos as a guild at least three times this expansion. A lot of Void Elf stuff. We uh, Yep trademarked a little um we trademarked a little uh, rules of engagement call sign called cave kill all void elves huh. <laughs> Very good. remember to cave and uh so they decided to go to quilt the loss and then you know there was a bunch of people that uh there was a couple people that decided to go back to orgrimmar report everybody's traitors and then there was a couple people that just um kind of left hanging left us hanging, I should say. Uh, he uh, disapproved of everything that was going on and then just kind of walked off into the sunset, I guess is the easiest way to say it. Haven't really made up their minds yet. Mm-hmm. But then when it came to the rebel- uh, rebels, I almost said rebellious. Well, uh, when it came to the rebels, there's one group that's led by Crump, who is... Uh, my third top officer or third or fourth. He's pretty up there. And he has the largest following of rebels with him. I think about 16 people so far or 20 around that, around that uh, number that um, are going to do the, I guess uh, the old rebel pathway, I guess um, 
it, it gets a little muddled because uh, like a real like a real life rebellion or a real life like civil unrest, there's always like it isn't just a well you're red or you're blue. It's a uh, well you're pockets. Mm-hmm. It's like well you're red or you're blue or you could be purple, plum or orange. And so yeah, so you've just got like a bunch of like sub factions now in the guild, and it's like you know some people are with suffering, you know some people are you know Savannah's, some people just want to be with the horde. Some mm-hmm. people don't know what they're doing. So it's just like chaos, really, in the guild right now. Well, I wouldn't say chaos. Uh, it's just more like a, wow, I didn't didn't expect this. And I, uh, we kind of, how would I say this? We uh, officers that are in the Volcar pride ourselves on uh, crisis management. <laughs> I guess okay. easiest way to say it. Um, when it all started, we were like, whoa, okay. Um, and, and it's fine that people have these choices. I was fully expecting, like, after I did this, I was fully expecting to just sit there with people, person after person, just deciding to leave the guild. Not because they were upset or anything at, at me, at a character, but but kind of like a, well, I guess this is it. And not that I wanted them to leave, of course. Because I adore everybody in the guild, but uh, yeah, but your character was saying I can't be your high warlord anymore. You know, I think it's reasonable to expect that everybody would be like, "All right, well, we're going to go find a new world warlord who will you know, right. lead us to victory." Right. And uh, so now, uh, well, it was tough. It was a really tough night. I, uh, I kind of, I. I I one day went to be an author, so I kind of take I take every little criticism and uh, every little reaction to the events I write very seriously. And I don't write all of my events as super dramatic, glory f- filled with glory or anything. But this one, I just uh, I could tell it wore on a lot of people. There was a lot. There was a lot of emotion. There was a lot of, like I said in the forum post, uh, a lot of keyboards are now wet. There was a lot of people, there was a lot of people crying because they were like, whoa, because I think at the back of people's minds, everybody knew that something like this was coming. They just didn't know when it was going to happen because, you know, again, with the Sarfang rebellion and Sylvanas stuff and the way the story's going, they were just like, well, just a ticking time bomb. It's just the, um, I swear it's going to become a meme, but it's like, it's just like the, the, completely organic like uh like for instance there's this one character that i didn't think was uh going to not side against Jan Mach, but i didn't think um because it it's not accurate to say they sided against him but it's also not accurate to say that they're not upset with him i guess this one character i didn't expect to leave i guess easiest way to put it is uh Ithiz, one of Jan Mach's champions i was uh completely blown away by it but i wasn't but it didn't like destabilize everything because if these probably <laughs> she's probably been like the guild member of the month for at least two months <laughs> she's done a lot oh, really? and she's a well i don't play favorites i am and period underline i don't play favorites but she does a lot for sure. the guild and um you know, I was just like, well, maybe Thieves would decide to go back to uh, Quotalas. Maybe she would stay. But uh, 
it was just, it was just kind of like gut punch moments like that, you know, without getting into the specifics of it, I was like, wow. Um, and, uh, another member, um, actually, I think everybody that was there without naming any other names, I think everybody that was there had a very personal and heartfelt moment with uh, everything that was going on. It was our, it was the guild's second largest event with the first large, with our largest event being the battle for Lordaeron. We decided to, we decided to do the scenario as a group. And here I was thinking like, well, I'd just get like a group of 20 people because the Volcar has always been big, you know, whatever. No, we had three raid groups of around 63 people that were online. And I was like, holy shit, dude. (laughs) I was like, uh, wow. And two groups were able to record their experience. And I think that was awesome. And the third group couldn't record their experience. But this was the second largest with uh, 45 people online. It got a little difficult trying to uh communicate pump out emotes well i think every everybody um everybody in the volcar is uh, experienced in some fashion with a large group events not be and it's not to say that we recruit for quantity because we don't it's just kind of a i, I guess a popularity thing because we haven't ever like capped like like a recruitment cap or anything but uh, I, i'm rambling on a little too much but I think everybody no, there. I mean, that's all right. You know, I don't see anything wrong with big guilds so long as you find a way to get everybody included. So I don't see anything wrong with that at all. Right. You know, I, I actually like guilds like that because I think, you know, as role players, I think a lot of times we want to be a part of like a bigger picture, you know, and something that like, you know, we can influence or we can have control over or, you know, have input on. And so a lot of times, like, you know, playing into that is like that military theme where, you know, yeah, you guys can field an army and, you know, but then you have events like this where everybody can have their own input on it, and it, it opens up a lot of cool things for RP. And yeah, sometimes there are clicks and stuff, but you're all under the same banner, right? You know, so I'm completely okay with you know large guilds and large large guild events. Yeah, and I, I, that's just the beauty of it because, like I said, now we have now there's the three big groups. You know, you got your loyalists or your rebels, but then there's also the people that are siding with uh, Yanmak and. Uh, Man, it's just the little things that cause a ton of attention. Like me changing the name, the Volcar Legion on the forum post to the Traitor Legion. On the views and activity, you can see a lot of your statistics and analytics. Just mm-hmm. by changing the name alone, I there was a 1,500 new views to the thread just alone. Like, bam. Like, maybe people have it bookmarked. Maybe people don't. Or maybe the Traitor Legion just really sticks out to people like, whoa, what's going on here? Well, oh, that's how I noticed it. Uh, the, so one of those views was me, yeah. and I was I was sitting there yesterday. Oh, the Trader Legion. Okay, you know, I was kind of like scrolling on my phone. And then I like I scrolled back up. I was like, wait a second, Trader Legion. Then I saw your name. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> especially changing the H to an N. I think that was like probably was like Just, whoa. <laughs> have you ever seen that? Um, have you ever watched Dave Chappelle? Yeah. So have you seen that episode where he's the uh, he's the blind clans guy and uh, they get him to take, you know, he's in the KKK and they get him to take off his hood and everybody <laughs> realizes that he's black and then one guy's head just <laughs> you know, explodes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, that, that's that's kind of what I picture when I saw that. I was just like, you know, what's going on? No, this can't happen. 
<laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's not surprising that that you know generated a lot of interest in it because you know I think I mean you guys have been around for you know four or five years now and you've kind of been just like a, a horde constant presence. So mm-hmm. to, to see you got and you know at the beginning of BFA it wasn't really surprising that a lot of people were getting into neutral RP and you know doing the cross faction stuff and I think that has you know, a pretty, you know, decent sized community to it too. But then there's also just like, you know, the people who are, you know, loyal to the horde and you guys were one of them. And so to see that kind of drastic, you know, shift, it's like, wow, yeah, that's a, it's a pretty big change. Mm -hmm. So not really surprising that people are looking into it. (laughs) I just, uh, like we had like the, the ardent circle, the South free watch, of course you guys are another big one that we think of. And, the blood forge or band slash the iron oath just a lot of people i just got a bunch of messages more from i wouldn't say more from other people than old my own guild members about it but i just got a lot of messages like whoa what's happening what's the story what's going on and i was just like well here i was thinking that the volcar wasn't all that uh, important yeah i guess i don't know a good word for it i thought I thought a lot of people disliked the Volcar more than anything else because, you know, people like to throw stones at the at the big guy on the playground. Mm-hmm. But sure. I was just kind of like, As... dang. <laughs> well, you know, what? I mean, I think it's also just been so long since Wormus Accord has had like a an event or like a drama that wasn't just like people on the forums being like, Oh, my dick's bigger than yours. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, it's nice to have something like this where, you know, it's like you were talking about earlier. It's a, it's a genuine, uh, organic role play. And, you know, there's, there's cool, like in a time where wow's story is arguably at its lowest, there can still be Definitely. diamonds in the rough, you know? Right. So I think that's I think that's great. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. So yeah, you mentioned earlier that this was plan Z. Right. What was plan A? Um Well plan A was just kind of like the Well I okay. Well I get a lot of flack for my opinions on BFA. And that's because uh, before BFA even started, I was kind of like a rabid mad dog. And I do have a big mouth sometimes, and my attitude can get the head of and my attitude and personality can get ahead of me sometimes. And uh, I was just kind of like vehemently defending BFA. I was like, ah, like when it came to both out of character stuff and in character stuff, like the Azerite gear or the Heart of Azeroth or uh, all the way down to the story, I was just like, BFA is going to be a great expansion. Come on, there's a bunch of stuff. And plan A's policy was just kind of a uh, ignore all the negative stuff because Blizzard's smart. They're not just going to do this plot again, are they? And then plan B was a, oh, Blizzard's actually doing this. Well, uh, well, we can't judge a book before it's written, right? And then plan C right. was like, oh, f- f- fuck. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> uh, uh, and then like plan C through X was like, uh, we'll, we'll just wait the uh, next patch. Wait till the next week. Like, uh, oh, Chris Metzen put out a tweet or something. He was like, uh, <laughs> or like, I don't know. I can't. I can't think of any other meme parts yeah. in the Volcar's history. So Plan F was like, oh shit, they actually did Burnt Hell Dressel. Shit, fuck you. Know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like okay. Um, 
we got to change a couple things. <laughs> Back to the drawing board again, boys, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, that, I think that's understandable, right? You know, it's like you don't expect it to be MOP 2.0, where even though all the Doomsayers are like, it's going to be MOP 2.0, and then it's like, all right, it's not going to be, and then, you know, it's like that slow realization that, yeah, it's, that's what it's going to be. Um, it's just the difference between Sprite and Diet Sprite. It's like one is obviously bad. <laughs> one just sucks the only thing that <laughs> sh- yeah it's like the only thing that shares sp- between the two is that the fact that it has sprite in it sure because mr okay. pandaria was like well everybody uh, MLP was great yeah Miss- in my opinion mr pandaria it had its, it's had its rough spots at the beginning but then towards the end everybody was like oh we should have all appreciated this more myself included I had a great story and then the segue into Wad was extremely promising, and then we all know how Wad turned out. But you know, <laughs> but but now, yeah, we got BFA, and it's like, what are they going to do? Uh, the biggest thing I hear is, what are they going to? Are they going to pull a Kerrigan? Are they going to redeem Sylvanas or uh, Kerrigan from StarCraft Two? Yeah, so I'm glad that you bring that up because that's exactly uh, an illusion I was going to make. Right. In StarCraft Two, you know, it turns out the Kerrigan's the only one who can stop the void or whatever. Right. Now, what happens with the Volcar if Sylvanas is exonerated? Well um, If you can reveal that to me. I haven't planned that far ahead. I do have a couple things, but uh Kind of, I'm kind of keeping it fresh because I like all the reactions and I like all the involvement so far that's happened in the last 24 hours, and it's had the most engagement in the guild. Than, I want to say at least the past four months combined, excluding like RP PVP and like uh, tournaments that we've showed up to. Well, we've only shown up to one tournament, but I guess t- tournament, excluding RP PVP stuff there just hasn't been that much engagement because, and it's not like, and it's not anybody's fault because you can just feel it. It's not like the, it's not like when you log into the guild, it's not like you feel unwelcome or anything. It's just, you log in and you feel tired, you know, it's sure. like, cause me, all I ever wanted to do is just make a heavy horde role-playing military guild. And I always thought that was awesome. And it's, and it's super simple. It's like vanilla ice cream. Like it's super simple, but it's cool to me. And I'm going to play that at the beginning of like your memoir. <laughs> All I ever wanted to do was make a horde heavy role play. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Great quote. I love it. And, uh, it just gets, all this stuff gets thrown in here, like birthday cake sprinkles or like caramel syrup, chocolate stuff. And it's just like, no, I just want the vanilla ice cream. But, uh, yep. If, if Sylvanas is exonerated, I will say that I'm in the very unpopular side opinion with Kerrigan, and that I really like that ending to that story. But if you apply that to Sylvanas, I don't really know. Like, part of me would say it's awesome, just so I could say, just so it could be like a big middle finger to all the people who were vehemently anti Sylvanas since the day Vol'jin died. That'd be like a big middle finger, like, ha. And then the other part of me is like, Oh, man, I don't know about this. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, people have legitimate reasons not to like Sylvanas. You know, first of all, because of the way her character is, but also just because the way her character has been recently. Right. Sylvanas has always been evil and, and spiteful, but 
this expansion has really kind of taken it to a new high because even in Legion, when she first became the War Chief of the Horde, you know, the way that Blizzard would have you believe it was that everybody was behind her. You know, at Vulgin's funeral, she's given like this, you know, speech and everything, and everybody's raising their hands and yelling for the Horde, and everything's great. You know, every, you know, the band's back together. And then now we've got Sylvanas in the throne room, you know, uh, being super cliche with Anduin <laughs> and blowing up the Undercity. <laughs> And, you know, yeah. Sarfang leaves, and now she's killing Bane or whatever. And, yeah, so it's just like, you know, complete 360. It's it's kind of like a uh, character assassination almost. The mm-hmm. same thing happened with Garrosh. You know, in Cataclysm, he was great. Well, not great, maybe. You know, a little questionable. <laughs> but, there were, but there was a lot of good moments. Right. You know? Of course. And then, and then we had MLP, and he's, you know, he starts off maybe a little edgy. And then by the end, he's digging, out, digging up the Shawheart, and he's, uh, you know, like, super evil 2.0 you know and then his trailer he talks about the new empire that he's going to build of the horde the orcish horde yeah right well i mean obviously i'm just a fat nerd so i can't really say too much but i can say that uh whatever happens i will eventually accept it kind of like kind of like taking that big horse pill sized medicine that you have to take it's like uh, it really sucks putting it in your mouth but then you know eventually you just swallow it and you're like okay oh well, i gotta go on with the rest of my day so that's a good visual <laughs> so if um if she is exonerated well first off i will say uh the big mega split uh it's not gonna it it's not gonna stay the volcar like i said in my post uh the volcar that everybody knows it will come back because uh I think if you ask any guild master, no matter how like pessimistic they are about really anything, you could even ask the guild master that wasn't originally the guild master of the guild, like somebody who was just pawned off to it. No guild master will say, "Oh yeah, I'd really, I just want to kill my guild and get it over with." <laughs> <laughs> no guild master will say that because you know, wow's especially for role play guilds. World of Warcraft's a hobby. It's kind of it's kind of a part of your life, you know. Right. Some people it's only one percent, and other people it's like ten percent. But uh, you know, we've made too many memories. We've done way too, we've we've done way we've made way too many memories. And we've done way too much just to say, well, it's going to have to end. And one day the Volcar will officially end. Kind of like all good things must come to an end. One day it will officially end. But uh, BFA is just like uh, who said it. Uh, one of my guild members missed fire. He said, I see this as a mid-season finale. I can't wait to see what happens at the end of it. And I was like, yeah, it is a really good, really good idea. Good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Now, yeah, I'm glad that you brought up like the memories thing. I think that's a, it's a good point because, you know, we, we have spent a lot of time with our characters over the years. Do you think that this conflict within your guild is going to end up with any character deaths? Well, I can't confirm I can... nor deny that, which I guess... Are you guys going to have, like, an internal PvP thing? Uh, Doubtful, to be honest, but I don't see any reason why it wouldn't happen. Kind of like, kind of like the organic roleplay thing. If it happens, it happens, you know. Um, actually, yeah. good point to kind of mention. Um, so when I talked to my co-GM, Steven... Um, 
well, his character's name is Agog, and I guess, uh, oops, I leaked his name, but nobody cares. You can call him Steve, it's fine. <laughs> everybody, <laughs> well, everybody knows him as Steven, and my name's Ted, so whatever. But uh, I talked to him, and I was like, um, you know, at first when we do this, because I was thinking a lot of people would side with Yanmok. Not like a lot of people, but I was thinking a sizable chunk would side with Mayanmok. And they'd be like, well, this is pretty reasonable. Yeah. And uh, that was very much so not the case. And I said, uh, well, if a lot of people side with Yanmok, then what's going to happen is uh, we're just going to say that uh, they're following like Sylvanas' orders and whatnot. And every time new orders come in, they're just going to crumble them up and toss them over their shoulder. And eventually Sylvanas or somebody at high command is going to realize, hey, they're not doing what we told them to do like months ago. Yeah. And then they'd be labeled traitors. But now, since there's a lot of loyalists, it was like, okay, the moment that the first person left the event and they said they went back to Orgrimmar, boom. Yanmak's a traitor and so is everybody else that's rebels. So right now... I was just kind of like, uh, well, I'll take it and I'll run with it because, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't try to like, uh, do that one thing where I capitalize on one emotion that somebody's experiencing when they're reading or they're doing something, but I do try and, uh, not milk it, but I do try and get the most out of it. So there's a lot of hate in character for Yanmak for his decision, because a lot of people saw it as cowardice, the inaction and, uh, I've already said that there's a bounty for Yanmok, uh, for anybody that's uh, a loyalist and they're thinking of trying to hunt down their fellow, br- their former brothers and sisters in arms. Yanmok's oh, guy. Might... <laughs> oh, uh, Lance might be coming to collect that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I know everybody has Can like I... a different idea of how much gold is worth in World of Warcraft, but I said it was a 50,000 gold bounty because, you know, he's a high warlord and that's a, Ooh, pretty penny. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good life savings there, right? <laughs> it's a four hundred one k. Yeah, it could buy a piece of the pleasure palace. Right, a brick. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that'll be interesting because I don't think Lance and Yamak have never really interaction into like had a full blown interaction besides like quips and stuff. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not. I I don't think that Lance would even hear about uh, this whole shtick until probably you know weeks after it happened, and even then, I don't think he's really too interested in hunting you down. <laughs> but you know, just a joke. Yeah, just like a just picturing like some type of cowboy showdown thing. This town isn't the isn't big enough for the two of us. You know, that'd be <laughs> funny coming from a goblin. It'd be pretty hard to draw a bow like a gun. In a quick draw. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, are are your are your loyalist people going to like form up and hunt you guys down, or have have they not decided that yet, or is there anybody who's in charge of that part of the guild now? Um, it's a good question because, uh, like I said, is everything's just kind of organic, right? So sure. As of Last night slash today, everybody's rank is defunct. Like everybody's rank in character is defunct. There are no more sergeants, grunts, legionnaires, etc. And uh, okay. it's just kind of like a free for all. And groups groups are finding leaders from former officers and former commanders, and like uh, 
Crump's character, Orc Rust Cleaver. The Admiral has uh, Aranon Emberbrook, another officer, and Crickthor Dreadwing, and they're kind of leading their own um, part of Sarfang's Rebellion. And then for the Loyalists, all we have are... I say I, I say we, but I don't actually have a, a hand in the pie. Um, there's Vathias Nightsun. Uh, he's a Blood Elf Death Knight that decided to remain loyal to Sylvanas. And um, there's a couple others. No real name sticks out to me, though. I, I would say the Rebels are more organized than the Loyalists. And I guess for the Loyalists, it's kind of a situation where... Well, I'm not going to speak for anybody, but I would say for Loyalists, it's more of a... Well, I don't want to side with Sarfang type deal. More than a, I'll die for Sylvanas, you know? Okay. So you didn't, like, say beforehand, okay, this officer is going to lead the Loyalists, this officer no. is going to be a rebel. You're just letting people figure it out for themselves and kind of elect their own leaders. Yep. And if they elect if they elect a warband to hunt you down and they come and try to do it, that's all good. Yep. That's awesome. And I'm not trying... I'm not... I'm not, uh, I'm not making anybody jump through hoops. I'm not starting any fires. It's a... Uh... I'm being, I'm just more being the bouncer for everybody. It's like, a, if you want to set that up, I'll help you do it. I'll help you put these events up and whatnot. And I'll advertise for it. But otherwise, it's a completely your choice. So any of your enemies listening who have really wanted to stick a dagger in your back for years now have that opportunity to not only do it, but to do it with your old guildmates. Yeah. Is that a little? Is that a little too serious? <laughs> <laughs> well, when you mean enemies, uh, like, I don't know if you have any. <laughs> well, I'd say a couple. Nah, I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, I guess now is yeah. <laughs> this is good kinda, opportunity. Yeah, it's just like a. I don't know. I've never been in a position where I can say, "Yep, I'm 100% vulnerable." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So if anybody wanted to get involved, how, how, how would they, like, you know, if they want to get involved because they learned about this, you know, this loyalist party, or if they learned about the rebellion, you know, what would be the best way for them to do that? Well. Outside of the guild. Well, the big thing about the Volcar is that uh, we don't, we don't straight up reject people. Uh, that want to join. It's more of a, well, we do reject people, but it's not like a, it's not like a lot of guilds where they're like, okay, go to our website. And from our website, you're going to be given a test. And if you don't pass that test, then uh, you'll be able, you'll be able to retake it, but uh, there'll be less chance that you get it. No, it's a, we have very plain faced rules that are easy to understand. And it's uh, if you can understand these rules and you'll abide by them, then you can get in. And uh, previously for the Volcar, that was just a, okay, we're a heavy role play or we're a heavy horde military role play guild. Will you abide by that? Okay, cool. So then if you abide by that, you understand that, you know, <clears throat> lore is a thing and you must abide by it. Of course, that's not what the rule actually says, but it's like a, you know, you come in as a succubus that's, you know, married to Yogg's round or something like, okay, you're obviously not going to join, but, yep. but it's kind of getting off on a tangent, uh, fast forwarding to now, uh, now the rules are being bent a little. Uh, previously, we really expected people that wanted to join to have some type of experience with the Horde military in character. But now, um, if they wanted to join, 
that's something that I think this is going to be something that's going to be discussed with my officers soon. Uh, in character, all of the officers have lost their ranks, but at a character, we're still keeping a very firm and tight uh, uh, circle on uh, leadership positions. Because as I said, at the end of this, the Volcar will come back and it'll be one big happy family again. And um, I think that's something that will have to be discussed with the officers. But for now, I would say go ahead and uh, message any officer that was previously stated or slotted on the forum post and we'll have to go from there if they sign up and they're like well i'm a loyalist right well it'll probably be more difficult for loyalists than than uh, neutral people or sarfang people but uh i see no reason why we can't just direct people that want to join for that one part of the group to that other part of the group so you, you mentioned the Blood Elf Death Knight. Maybe they should contact him? Yeah, probably. I'll have to talk to him as well because, um, like I said, uh, biggest complaint is just way too, mu- way too much organization and way too much like pre-planning. So right. all of this is just going to be boom. It's going to happen when it happens. So it may not be Matthias that leads the, uh, the loyalists. It may be somebody else, but it's whoever it's whoever does actually do that, and they will be the leader of the, I guess it's Volcar manhunt squad. <laughs> sure, and the, the power is in the people's hands. I think that sounds really awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, you know, I mean, we talked earlier how there's like there are some like neutral guilds out there, communities out there. Like, have you reached out to any of those groups to become like allies with them? Or I, I, I know this only happened 24 hours ago, so it's really fresh. <laughs> or, but is that like, is that like on the docket, or are you planning on making you know friends with any of those neutral groups, or even with the alliance? Um, alliance, definite no. Uh, at, okay. at least from Jan Mach's perspective, if people in the well, I know for a fact loyalists probably won't go and ally with the alliance. But if people who go Sarfang. If if uh, Rust Cleaver's group decide to do something with an alliance guild, then that'll be their decision. But if some other group in the Sarfang group, uh, rather, if some other group within the Sarfang side decides to go to the neutral people, neutral guilds or whatnot, they can do that. But officially, um, I can only really speak from Yanmok's perspective. And Yanmok, he's going to, he's being labeled, he's labeled as a traitor and he already has a nickname floating around, not made by me, but other people. Uh, that's always a, that's another big thing with people is like, why has this guy got 50 fucking titles or why, who gave him this nickname? Well, this new nickname is floating around is, uh, he's the outlaw warlord and he has a couple people with him. And, uh, of course you have Sylvanas. I'm going to say that from Sylvanas's side, you know, they're painting up, they're drumming up propaganda that he's going around terrorizing people, that he's a terrorist. And then from the Sarfang side, he's just going to be labeled as a traitor because the idea of inaction is as worse as being a loyalist because sure. by not, by deciding not to partake in the rebellion, it's kind of like a status quo thing. And, you know, and you get into philosophies and whatnot, but, from Yanmok's side, he will be he'll be contacting a lot of his old friends, kind of like a, hey, what's up? I'm here now. And uh, kind of touching base. Like he will like for instance with the South Tree Watch, Yanmok will be 
getting in contact with Greya. He's probably going to send a letter to Valkosk one of these days and be like, man, it's been a long time, and now I understand why you did all the things you did. <laughs> and uh, your brother could use a hand right now, so can I come <laughs> Yeah. And um, <laughs> now that I think about neutral things, uh, Gintarn and the Azeroth Peace Council, those guys are awesome. Yep. I might contact them, right. or I might just send a letter or something. Uh, Yanmak is also going to talk to Killingfield. Yanmak and Killingfield have always been buddies. Killingfield of the Shadows of Loiron. And I have no idea yeah. what's going to happen. Maybe Yanmak's going to show up in Silver Pine and he's going to be stabbed 60 times. <laughs> so, I don't I don't know anything about what's going on. And, you know, just to mention off to the side, Killingfield has, like, the sickest name ever. Slade Killingfield. Definitely. So good. It's badass. Um is his are the shadows of Lordaeron? Are they like loyal to to Sylvanas, or are they kind of agitated? Uh, I, do you know? I won't speak for him, but I will say that I'm pretty happy with the conversation he and I had last night and had a character. Okay, so he's he's a full blown rebel then. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I was no, about to say. I was like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's it's been a while since I've been involved with like the Forsaken RP, and I. I always like those guys too, so that's cool. So we've got Shadows of Lordaeron, maybe. Uh, got the Azeroth Peace Council, Peace Council. You're definitely not doing anything with the Alliance, right? And you guys are just gonna fucking ragtag it and see what happens. Yep. Are Are there any Alliance guilds that you're planning on working with, as far as like RP PvP goes? Um, well, there's 73rd because they're awesome, and uh, we've did a lot of well, not a lot of, but we did. Um, two one-off events that were really awesome in Quetzalas and it had tons of positive experience because um, it wasn't just a one side comes in with a landslide death ball. It was a, uh, both sides had to put uh, both had, uh, both sides had to like two Rams crashing. It was a, uh, we had to figure out each other's, ex uh, we had to figure out how to exploit each other's weaknesses and figure out the weakest links. And we had clashes we, so it was like a, originally it was like, okay, we'll do like a best five out of seven. Cause that'll take like an hour by itself. Right. But then there mm -hmm. we were on like round two and it's already been 45 minutes in the event and, uh, our healers, both sides, our healers go, oom and they have to run off and go drink. Or there's been some really awesome battle reses that get out at some cheeky points, or, uh, we're trying to wait to see who does bloodlust first. And it was like a, it was like a, it was like a dance and it's the moment that somebody made a misstep the other side was gonna punish you for it but uh, you guys do um you guys do rated rbgs right yep and uh proud to say we're all scrubs because uh, hey no that's awesome but um <laughs> no it's it, well it's always good when you've got those rp pvp events and it's just like sometimes i don't know in the past there it's been the way like yeah, you know, one one group clearly knew what they were doing, and the other group didn't. Right. So it's always fun when you have you know longer battles like that, where it's not just like a landslide, and you know, the the one obvious you know guild of people who works together all the time wins everything. So it's always good to have like a counter to that. Um, right. And yeah, I've I've heard a lot of good things about the seventy third, so. I think that's really good. Uh, in terms of other alliance guilds, it's just uh, I think I think the pool's just too small. Like I, I 
haven't personally run into any other horde RP PVP guild. Like there's a lot of horde military guilds, but not one that was advertising themselves as exclusively RP PVP as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, RP PVP can be tough to pull off sometimes. So I guess I don't really blame them there. Yeah, you know, definitely got a, got a lot of egos mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> can be a little, di- I'm, I'm sure you're very familiar with that. <laughs> yep. So I did have one kind of like hypothetical question that I wanted to get in here Shoot. Um, before we move on to uh, the feed of strength. Do you know what the feed of strength is? Yep. Perfect. All right. So just a, just a hypothetical. Let's say that, you know, Blizzard goes out of their flipping mind and says to you personally, hey, man, we're going to make Janmak, Janmak, the canonical leader of the Horde. <laughs> no. Well, well that, well, you you don't have a choice yeah, in this yeah, one. Yeah. So, Go. so <laughs> what would uh what would Yan Max first order as war chief be? Oh man, <laughs> that that's difficult. I don't know. You got a lot of options, a lot of options, but you gotta narrow it down to one. Way too many options. Well, you know what? Very first, um, he would immediately petition for, uh, I guess, expansion to Orgrimmar. Like we need more valleys. We need a bigger city, or uh, or or um, update like a secondary settlement, like the crossroads. Like the crossroads is supposed to be a really big hub for the horde. Uh, shout out to Valkosk. Like there needs to be like not more people in the area, but more like bases and stuff built up. Something that's like a definite stronghold, and not just like huts and whatnot. Because it's been it's been a long time it's been a long time since vanilla and the horde kind of needs to modernize not to not not militarize like Garrosh did but modernize like we need more valleys more buildings I should say and uh, more defensible positions because we are a hole in the ground what's stopping them from just you know flooding it <laughs> exactly <laughs> we're coming over with like a fleet of five sky ships and all we have is like wyverns. <sighs> <laughs> okay well you know i don't know if that's the most exciting first move of a war chief i've ever heard but i guess it's no a, i'm a really boring a person <laughs> hey you know what sometimes maybe the horde needs a, bo- a boring person to lead them so that we can stop going on genocidal rampages and making ourselves look you know evil <laughs> you know yeah any uh any last words that you wanted to mention about this whole shebang with your guild before we move on nothing off the top of my head i 100 all right i 100 thought you were going to say any last words and just end it there like what <laughs> your character's dead no <laughs> well very good yeah mac it uh we have uh we have reached the moment because we've been we've been yakking for over an hour here we have reached the moment that we have all been waiting for our intergalactic audience yearns for the tears and the blood of combatants in the knowledge arena of mystery and torment. No one has ever risen from their humble seats or the seat that you're sitting in and ascended to the stars to take their place among the venerated lore masters. Are you, are you prepared to make your own attempt for the lore master feat of strength? Oh, I'm ready. I'm a walking wow encyclopedia. 
Very good. I'm glad to hear that <laughs> because uh, your questions tonight are just generic. I didn't have any one specific race in mind okay. when I when I formed these. So, and we are going to uh, start from peon level questions and go all the way up to high uh, high warlord and level of difficulty. So, and we are going to begin tonight actually with a Warcraft three question. Gotcha. So, Warcraft 3, in the human campaign, Arthas and Uther do battle with an antagonistic orc clan who is capturing civilians and sacrificing them for a demonic and evil ritual. Uh, which, orc, which orc clan do they do battle with? The Black Rock is clan. It... Oh, whoops. Uh, well, <laughs> I... Okay, geez, I was going to give you multiple choice, but you got it without that, so yay! Well... I just remember because there's two missions in Warcraft three, and one of them's called Black Rock and Roll, and the other one, yeah, yeah, and the other one's called like Black Rock and Roll two, but yep. two is misspelled. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's like T O O, and I was like, uh, even as a little kid, I was like, hmm, you fucked up. That's it? not right. <laughs> All right. Well, that was our peon question. So very good. Woohoo! All right. So question two. This one's kind of free form. Gotcha. But not really. So I need you to place the following horde military ranks in their correct hierarchy, starting from junior to senior. Gotcha. Those four ranks, and you can feel free to write them down if you'd like. Those four ranks are champion, centurion, legionnaire, and lieutenant general. I need you to list them out from lowest to highest. Okay. Um. Legionnaire is lowest, and next comes Centurion. And then comes uh, Champion, and then Lieutenant General. Very good. Nice. <laughs> you know your horde military ranks. <laughs> well, I would, because Volcar doesn't actually use traditional horde military ranks. Cause it, oh yeah, don't you guys use Latin shit or something? Uh, no, it's just... It's super, it's super weird that Legionnaire and centurion are like all the way up there you know when legionnaire just means man of the legion or man of the line it's like well you'd think he would be like grunt yeah you know, equivalent, right? it's like well why is he in command of stuff and then centurion is like yeah sure but it just goes from like grunt and, and like all these other savage ranks and then straight to like latin and it's like what <laughs> yeah right. yeah legionnaire and centurion yeah. Then it goes from like general to high warlord. Yeah. Yeah. Now somebody watched um somebody watched uh, what's that movie Gladiator before they made those up. <laughs> Although I don't know if that movie came out before WoW did, but whatever. All right. So question three, and you actually, I think you're probably going to know this one too because you mentioned uh, Tyrath and Court earlier. Right. Tyrath and Court. Is the name of a human hunter who befriends Vol'jin after they are both injured in Pandaria. Uh, Vol'jin was betrayed by Garrosh, as you know, and Tyrathin was ambushed by the Shah. All of his people died, whatever. After this ambush, Tyrathin was saved by a Pandaren and brought to the Shadowpan Monastery. Who was the Pandaren that saved him? Was it A, Yalia Sage Whisper? B, Hawkmaster Narong? C, Terran Zoo? Or D, Chen Stormstout. Wow, that actually is really hard. Uh, because Shadows of the Horde is my favorite, favorite book. 
and I guess people can call me a Vulgin fanboy, but I just love it. But uh, dang, um, I'm gonna go with Chen Storm Stout. Correct. Very good. Oh, <laughs> I thought I'd throw you off there because those mean, other guys are uh, Shadow Pan people. I mean, uh, what I meant to say was, <laughs> yeah, totally got that. I knew. <laughs> I knew that one. <laughs> So you're you would say that you're kind of a little bit of like a dark spear fanatic, right? Um, yeah, I really i I wasn't like super into trolls before I came to War Mystic Court, but I would say they're now one of my favorite races. Yeah, especially dark spear. Yeah. So then this question should be no problem for you. In Warlords of Draenor, when the player character establishes the garrison in Frostfire Ridge, several Darkspear Shadowhunters appear, knowing now that they will need to earn their stories and their victories. Some of these hunters can be found at a hub called Darkspear's Edge, a small area further into the ridge. Which of these Shadowhunters is among that group? Is the question? Is the answer A? Shadowhunter Taijin. B. Shadowhunter Rala. C. Shadowhunter Yukambe. Or D. Shadowhunter Matumba. Hmm. That one's kind of hard. Um. Well, Taijin is a new character. And. Is he? Oh. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I think at least I think he's a new character. Um, he might be. And Yukambe, I swear that's one of the randomized names for the trolls in Warcraft Three. So, uh, man, that's really hard. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Shadowhunter Rala. Very good. Wow, that's a good guess. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, yeah, Tai Jin, I'm pretty sure, is one of the followers that you get. Um, yeah. On the uh, on the ship or whatever. Yeah. In Battle for Azeroth, right? He's the guy that you do the sneaky sneak pirate stuff with. Yeah. And you tripped me up there because I was like, oh, fuck. Because Tai Jin is like... I know he's a new character, but like the way he acts and the way he's just presented makes it seem like your character should know him because then all the other followers are like, Hey, I remember you, but Taijin is just kind of like a, well, who, who is this nerd? <laughs> yeah. Blizzard needed a new troll that wasn't Rokan to put in there, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who Matumba was, but Yukambe is the guy that tells you in the garrison every day. He's like, Oh, Commander, oh. I got your, uh, your threat report yeah. laid out for you. Get, get it right here for you, boss. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so this question, this last question is actually really easy. Um, gotcha. So chances are you're going to get it, um, which is disappointing because I was hoping that you would probably get one of them wrong so that, <laughs> continue to say that nobody's earned the feat of strength, but whatever. All right. Um, in Alteric Valley, there is a book floating around where Drek'thar outlines his plans for defeating the Stormpike Dwarves. Oh, man. I'm ready to disappoint you, and I have a funny story with it. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> um, okay, uh, I'm just saying, dude. This this one might be easier than you think. Oh. Uh, he equates this strategy to dismantling a vegetable, stripping away the outside layers <laughs> until the delicious core is revealed. Which vegetable does he use to support this strange metaphor? Steve. Is it A, a garlic? Is it B, an artichoke? C, a turnip? Or D, an onion? It's the onion. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say I'm ready to disappoint you because uh, because you said you were disappointed that uh, you hoped that I got tripped up on the other question. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I know it's the peeling of the onion because uh, when I came to Wormrest Accord, fun, quick story. When I came to Wormrest Accord and I was making the Volcar Legion, I didn't know how in-depth I should get with everything in the guild. And I just came from this other guild that I had been for the longest time called the First Regiment. Very, very long time. And it was composed of a lot of people who were either like... Uh, um, oh, shoot. I just forgot it. Oh, it was composed of people who were like either super into historical um, military settings or it was composed of former... Uh, real life military veterans and uh, they were super into what they did that they made a manual for all the stuff that they do and it's like uh, very short it's like uh, what a soldier is expected to do how to keep his armor clean how to create a fire uh, formations and whatnot and I was like should I do that with the Volcar Legion because after doing that for what like hmm like seven years with the first regiment kind of burned me out of like serious super realism role play and I just remember doing Alterac Valley with the four other knuckleheads that helped sign the charter. I love them to death. And I just remember picking up this book and I was like, wouldn't it be absolutely hilarious if we didn't explain it at all to the recruits that after they went through the initial interview, we just handed them a copy of peeling the onion and, and just like, go at it. Boys. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it's a it's a long running guild guild meme I should say that's uh, still like not I wouldn't say enforced but it's still like kept up to this day because the first tab in our guild bank is filled with nothing but peeling the onion by Drexar. <laughs> wow, that's hilarious. That's really good. <laughs> it's great. Wow. Well, I guess I picked the wrong question for that one. That's what I get. <laughs> well, congratula congratulations, Bolas. Yo, that was very good. You are the uh, the very first person ever in the world in the entire history of the universe, all the way out to Parts Unknown, who has succeeded at this quiz. And you can take your place among the venerated lore masters uh, and be very proud of yourself for your, your WoW knowledge. So congratulations. <laughs> man if only if only there was a degree irl for world of warcraft history damn i'd be a... you can put it on your resume though here a lore master fee the strength recipient <laughs> they'll be like what is this and it's like um i, I know a lot about world of warcraft <laughs> i am the sole recipient of the most prestigious world in the universe and you are not so ha huh? Yeah, that'll probably not land you the job, though. And so. then uh, next words would probably be, can I take your order, or do you want fries with that? Or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably something like that. Yeah. 
Alright, Bolus. Well, I appreciate you joining me on this episode of the podcast. Hey, man. Had a lot um, of fun. Yeah, no, it was great interviewing you, and I hope to have you on again. Hopefully, we can hear more about your storyline and how everything is progressing, and hopefully no one no one dies. <laughs> and uh, nobody stabs me in the back. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, well, everybody listening at home, thanks for tuning in for this uh, this special broadcast of the South Fury Watch podcast. <laughs>